0: I'm Marian kolbysak mcgee Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. The recent 2014 Healthcare Information Security Today survey found a number of trends concerning information security technology investments and priorities among the approximately 200 senior executives from hospitals, integrated delivery systems, physician group practices, and other health-related entities that took part. Today I'm speaking with Jeff Cobb, Chief Information Security Officer for Capella Healthcare. Based in Franklin, Tennessee, Capella owns or operates 14 acute care and specialty hospitals in six states. Jeff will give us his analysis of our key findings that emerged from our survey. Hi Jeff I'm Marianne. As we all know, more than half of the large health data breaches listed on the Department of Health and Human Services' wall of shame involve lost or stolen unencrypted computing devices. However, our survey found that less than 50% of organizations apply encryption to all mobile devices and storage media, including backup tapes. Encryption is more commonly applied to data transmitted across exposed networks, according to our respondents. So, Jeff, my question for you. Why does encryption appear to be so challenging for many healthcare organizations? And in your opinion, where do you think it's most important for healthcare organizations to implement encryption?
1: I think from my perspective, not just with encryption, but with a lot of security initiatives uh, in today's world, they're competing priorities. There's a lot of things going on in healthcare IT with meaningful use. ICD-10 conversions, uh, the list goes on and on. And working um, additional security initiatives into an already packed schedule can be very, very challenging. I know that's one of the challenges we have at Capella. As far as encryption goes, I still think you have to stick to the data we have at hand to determine what are the higher priority areas. For instance, as you mentioned, the breach data showing a laptops, mobile devices still being an issue. I think that's where you have to concentrate. A lot of attention is still given to encryption at the data center level, encryption within applications and things like that, and, and those are very important. But I still follow that security 101 type perspective. It's going to be hard for me to get to the database encryption conversation and be effective if I'm still having trouble managing full disk encryption on an endpoint. So it's it's still focusing on those basic core elements and operationally getting sound before you can move on to other things.
0: Our survey also found that overall the use of multi-factor authentication by healthcare organizations is relatively rare for on-site and remote access. More than 80% of the respondents said that they require username and password, while far fewer require other types of authentication, such as digital certificate or one-time password with two-factor authentication like token. Jeff, when it comes to implementing strong authentication practices in healthcare for on-site and remote users, what do you think are the biggest challenges?
1: I think the biggest challenge is the area we always face, and that's user acceptance. Anytime you're adding an additional step or two to a process or you're changing the way a user interacts with a device, there's always some pushback. From my lens, I see a lot of two-factor authentication from a remote access perspective. I think the areas we're still struggling with are related to new initiatives, for instance, the patient portal requirement. As you extend access to information outside of the corporate walls to a much different clientele now being the patients, that user acceptance thing comes back up in my mind. I think secondly, again, advanced technologies like digital certificates, for instance, there's probably some discomfort on how to manage that. Um, It is a difficult technology to keep track of. You have additional mechanisms in place to manage certificates operationally. How do I handle that to where that may be another factor why people have shied away from the use of that from a strong authentication perspective.
0: When it comes to providing patients with access to their electronic health information, which is a provision of HIPAA omnibus as well as a requirement for participants in the High Tech Act Financial Incentive Program for Electronic Health Records, only about a third of our survey respondents offer a web portal. However, more than another third say they're working on one. Now, you mentioned this too, Jeff, Does Capella have a patient portal or do you plan to offer one? And if not, how do you provide patients with secure access to their electronic health information or how do you plan to do so? And what are the most challenging aspects about protecting data while providing access to patients?
1: From a hospital perspective, we're in process with our patient portal project as part of meaningful use requirements. Our physician services side is at a patient portal as part of their system for the last couple of years. So they're a little bit ahead of the game as far as usage. So yes, we we will have patient portals up and running that cover both sides of the company. I think the challenges line up with a lot of the things that that are a concern from your survey. So as far as offering portals to our patients, I think the, you know some of the same concerns with the survey results, same concerns we've seen the banking industry come up first and foremost, making sure the patients are who they say they are when they sign up for accounts. what type of process do I have to support that then I think secondly is how do we at least educate the patients to help them understand what some of the challenges are or some of the concerns might be when they sign up for the portal and this goes beyond your patient privacy and consent forms and all that type of conversation it's Things like again, your home machine. If there's a piece of malware on it. Would that potentially cause an issue or cause unauthorized access to your patient record? Again, these things have been uh, well known, documented, and talked about uh, with your, you know, financial sites, your e-commerce sites, all those types of things. It's just healthcare is just now getting to the point to have to tackle those issues. So hopefully, there's some lessons learned with industries and other businesses that have gone ahead that we can incorporate those technologies into the portals as they come live.
0: As I mentioned earlier, despite the fact that so many breaches reported to HHS involve lost or stolen unencrypted gear, only about half of organizations surveyed are requiring encryption on portable media, and even fewer organizations are encrypting data that's stored on or transmitted from mobile computing devices. Plus, 16% of our organizations surveyed say that they don't even have a mobile device security policy. Then when it comes to organizations allowing employees to use personally owned mobile devices for work, less than 48% require encryption, strong passwords, or other security steps. Jeff, what do you think is most challenging about mobile security, and do you allow Bring Your Own Device at Capella?
1: So to answer your first question, I think the hardest part or the most difficult challenge is to admit that you have a problem. And that's exactly where we were a year year and a half ago you start out allowing email to devices and you know you don't allow any additional connectivity and you kind of think well it stops there but obviously everybody knows that you know i can move documents through email i can do different things so just because i'm only using it for one specific instance once you enter the market even if it's just email you're in the mobility business so it's 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 admitting you have a problem So here at Capella, this year is actually our year to start to tackle that issue, both from a technology perspective and a policy and standards perspective. Right now, our approach will be BYOD. We don't have a lot of corporate managed devices as of today, but I do see things like iPad kiosks, uh, other types of mechanisms coming into play. So that will definitely be part of our overall mobile strategy going forward.
0: Our survey shows that the top five information security priorities for the coming year are improving regulatory compliance, improving security education, preventing and detecting breaches, monitoring HIPAA compliance of business associates, and encrypting mobile devices. Jeff, is there anything surprising to you about those priorities and how do they compare with what's on your security and privacy agenda at Capella for this year?
1: I don't think there's anything surprising. Those are all items, again, that are backed up by data we have today, whether it's the breach data we have through the HHS website, uh, a lot of the industry buzzwords and things that are going on. Those things, have you know, you're HIPAA compliant, and a lot of that had been building over the years, so those are common things that we think about all the time. Here at Capella, I'm still trying to take the approach of let's figure out how we can manage the basics first. comes down to a control framework that we can understand, control framework that we can manage. If it's only 20 controls at the end of the day and we can manage those effectively, I think that's just as important and effective as having a list of 70 controls to where you may be all over the board of different levels of maturity and understanding if those controls are working. If your framework is mapped to your other concerns, meaning uh, I know what my control framework is, I know how it satisfies my regulatory requirements, whether that's PCI, whether that's HIPAA, whether that's SOX, whatever the case is, then I can stay focused on the framework, and the outcomes of that framework will help me answer some of these other questions, particularly when it's related to the regulatory and compliance landscape.
0: Our survey found that the top technology investments for the year ahead are audit tool or log management system, email encryption, mobile device management systems, data loss prevention, and network monitoring. What do you think of those top information security investments for many healthcare organizations this year? And what's on the list of your security investments for this year at Capella and why?
1: Well, I definitely agree and understand the audit tools and the mobile device management and the data loss prevention. I'm a little surprised to see things like email encryption and network monitoring on there only because those are things that all technologies have been around for a while, but I mean email encryption to me is something that is more of a no brainer, at least it is for us, at least having the capability. I think all of these things still come down. There's user awareness and training activities that go with it to to make sure users are using email encryption for instance. Our initiatives line up pretty well with this. We have an initiative to bring in additional or improved auditing of our clinical systems. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, mobile device management is an initiative on our plate this year, and DLP has been something that has been on the radar for quite a while, and we have some ground-level foundational steps to take in order to be able to support that initiative. So it is definitely on our longer-term radar, probably not something we'll get to in 2014, but the strategy would be to, to start to kick that off in 2015.
0: When it comes to information security budgets in 2014, half of our respondents expect that their budgets will stay the same, about a third will spend more, and about 16% expect their budgets will decrease Do you expect that your information security budget will increase, decrease, or stay about the same for 2014 and why?
1: The budget this year for 2014 has increased compared to 2013. And, again, it's to support a couple of the major initiatives I mentioned before and the audit logging pieces and the mobile security. I would hope that the budget continues to increase. I think, it for me, it's a little easier to get new projects from a capital expense perspective approved as opposed to operational. So the challenge for me going forward is going to be the resources to get things done, whether that's people, whether that's third parties. Operationally speaking, I think that's where we're trying to control our budget, as most organizations do. And I think the impact with healthcare reform for those that that are in healthcare, you understand what those challenges are. So it has increased this year. My goal would be that we can keep picking that up a little bit each consecutive year as we're able to complete initiatives and build on with new things coming from a security
0: point of view. Are, are there any particular information security-related skills that you're looking for that are hard to find, or you know what sort of talent might you look for?
1: I'm always one to start with personality and aptitude. I feel like we're in a position here at Capella that we can kind of teach some of the other skills and and on-the-job experience will bring those people up. That being said, the, the only consideration would be, that depending on our progress at the point in time that, that we are able to pull the trigger on resources, would we need somebody with a specific skill to come in and hit the ground running and speed the market on a particular initiative? But all in all, I start with personality and aptitude. You want somebody that can have conversations with the business You want a certain level of aptitude that you feel they can learn and they can grow, whether that's technically or non-technical. Again, I feel like uh, from on-the-job experience and training mechanisms that are available, we can teach a lot of the other skills that would be needed to fill a position here.
0: Do you look much for the professional credentials, you know, the various initials at the end of the name?
1: We do. I'm hesitant to put a strong requirement on those. I think it's that age-old thing with everybody. You see a lot of people that have certifications that they are very effective. You see other people that have certifications that you can enter a room with a given number of people that don't, and that's only because maybe they haven't taken time to take the test or it hasn't really been pushed in their career path. So it's it's definitely not the end-all, to be-all. Again, I think one of the things that does help measure is their aptitude and their drive to do something. So we try not to make it a strong requirement here. It's one of those things that are preferred. And if a candidate doesn't have those things, we look to build that into their professional development plan.
0: Thanks, Jeff. I've been speaking to Jeff Cobb, CISO at Capella Healthcare. I'm Marianne Kobasak magee at Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.